On 2SM and the Super Network, High Tide. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Up before the sun with a cat. Five minutes after six here on High Tide. Grant Boyd and Kieran Ricky and Alan Blake in the studio. Gale warning current for Eden. Strong wind warning for the Coffs uh, Macquarie Hunter Illawarra. Batesman's Bay area, strong wind warning for Byron Coast, Coffs and uh, east of uh, Eden, the Eden Coast as well, gentlemen. Yeah, that uh, rain's coming across the ranges at the moment. It'll be interesting to see if it drops out when it gets east of the range or if we get a little bit of it, but it's not heavy. It's just a bit of a nuisance. Just a And a change will come with it. Mm, The change will come indeed. So... Yeah, it's coming out of the Doppler, it's showing it. So we'll wait. How far off do they say it is now? Well, it's just coming through Portland, uh, up near Lithgow, uh, Janolan Caves around that area, down south, it's south of Appen. Okay, so it's getting close to the Sydney area. What's, so. happening, yes. what's happening up Yoronga Way? Our favourite girl, is she getting wet? No, she, no. no. She's it never up. rains up there where she is. It's perfect there every day. It is. Now that she's retired, good luck to her. Yep. Okay. Fishing, regulations and so forth. Do tell us. Well, we're going to talk to Chris Cooling. Chris is online. Good morning. How are you? Good, boys. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Not a bad day for it. Chris, is it... Matty Barber was trying to get Matt to be, he said, to be with you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not quite sure, Matt. Is he might have snuck out fishing half his life. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't work much, does he? <laughs> oh, you know, look, I wouldn't, he, I wouldn't want to go into that. He's a terribly busy boy every time I try and catch him. Don't you worry about that. Now, Chris, you're from FRDC. For people who don't know, what is FRDC? FRDC is the Fisheries Research Development Corporation. So um, all the big bosses are based down in Canberra, but luckily I get to spend my time largely up in Coffs Harbour. And um, as a group, we fund a whole lot of fisheries research and development, as the name would suggest, all over the countryside. And a lot of that has to do with the wreck fishing sector, which is kind of the reason I'm here to have a chat to you guys. Well, Chris, just before we go on with that, based on your last comment, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but good morning, Matt. G'day, how you doing? <laughs> Not bad. That's so you're one. both here now. So what's that? G'day, Matt. Hey, good to see you guys. How are you? Good. Now, Matt, I've got to ask first off, um, last time we spoke to you, you were the, in charge of the carp thing. What happened to the, the, the carp, carp eradication scheme? Did that get... Oh, well, um, oh, look, it was, a, it was a pretty serious piece of work, I think, in terms of a, a program of science to inform whether you could, you know, use a biological control on a species. I don't know that there's a bigger body of work that's been done. That work's been handed to the, to the government now. Um, for consideration and now there's a bunch of decisions that need to be made and and probably a bit more research that needs to be done fundamentally to answer can we and should we use this virus as a biocontrol agent what other things should we do with it um but uh yeah no, so um it's a it's it's exciting to see that that sort of work has been done because uh, clearly we've got to do something about a species like carp they're not going away by themselves yeah because that was started about six or seven years ago 
The Carpenula. Oh yeah, look, um, I, I, you'd be testing me on the dates, but it's been a, it's been a sixteen um, or seventeen. Um, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something like that. Multiple years. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's probably no surprise too, right? You know, like it's a critter that lives everywhere except for probably the Northern Territory in terms of Australian territories. Um, it's just such a, a pervasive species and actually extracting it from a waterway in a way that's safe for the other species and the local human communities is not an easy challenge. So I'm glad they've dedicated so much work to the, the science of seeing if we can get this right. Okay. Well, thank you. For that. What are you doing now? Well, these days I'm still working with the Fisheries Research and Development Corporation um, uh, in their strategy and innovation area. So that's sort of uh, asking the question, how do we use R&D as a tool to deliver more value from fishing and aquaculture to the Australian community and, and to the sectors, including the recreational sector? So that's a, it's a pretty fun task of just thinking about and learning about what is the future hold for us? Uh, what are the questions we need to answer and how do we go about doing that? Yeah, so... Lucky to work with Chris Calling, um, obviously our Extension Officer Network. Um, we've got Extension Officers around Australia whose job it is to help to share the knowledge that we that we uh, acquire through the R&D um, and, and a whole bunch of other talented people. So it's a lot of fun. Okay. For, well, for you and Chris, what's coming up in the near future? What's changing or what have you got planned? Yeah, well, I suppose I'd say... Um, there's a bunch of things that are affecting fishing and aquaculture today and there's a bunch of things that are a little further out to the horizon that we also need to focus on. So not, not surprisingly, the, the National Rec Fishing Survey gives us um, you know, a snapshot uh, since um, the last survey was done 20 years ago um, and this gives us an updated snapshot of how important is recreational fishing in Australia, who is fishing, how often, um, uh, and uh, what does it mean, what are the benefits we get from it, and that's great. And then we've got some, you know, so we've got that understanding and now we can look at, well, what are the things that will affect fishing positively and negatively into the future? And some of those things, of course, is a changing climate that obviously will affect uh, weather events, droughts, floods, water temperature, where species are. And so we're doing a lot of science that helps us to, uh, to understand those things and to feed that to fishers so that they can make decisions about where they want to go fishing and what, what they want to fish for, as just one example. Um, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of other things, right? So in Australia, uh, we have some we have a big waste problem. Um, so when we compare ourselves to other um, countries, uh, we underperform. We have a lot of waste, a lot of plastics and a lot of other things that we just need to work out how to get rid of. And fishing and aquaculture is actually... Um, part of that problem, right? You know, but when you go to a tackle store, it's hard to buy a product that isn't wrapped in plastic. So how do we redesign our supply chains and our products so that you can buy things without having to chuck a whole st- um, bunch of stuff away? There's some of the challenges we're trying to work on over the coming years. It's quite interesting what's going on and what's happening. What sort of, a, I don't know if you can answer this, not, what sort of a budget does FRDC work on a year? Yeah, uh, so we, uh, at the, I mean, it changes every year because it's calculated yeah. based on the value of, um, of fishing and aquaculture in Australia over the previous few years. But it's, it's somewhere between 40 and 50 million, um, that we, we invest in each year now. Um, and, and that sounds like a fair bit of money, but when you consider it's across the nation and it's across aquaculture, commercial fishing, recreational fishing, indigenous, uh, post-harvest, that's everything from when you catch a fish to when it ends up in your plate, at, on your plate in a restaurant, for example. So we need to understand all those problems across all of those sectors at a national scale and be addressing them. And so it, we clearly have to make some really hard decisions often about 
where those funds go to make sure that we're delivering impact on well, the most important. Well, I, I, I've just got to ask a question because I heard on the grapevine that you're on 10% of that. <laughs> oh, Kieran, behave. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally? Wouldn't that be bloody nice? Chris is on 10%. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> everyone. Um, yeah, no, look... Uh, so we've got we've got a we've got people all around Australia. So um, major offices in Adelaide and Canberra, and then people in regions all around Australia. And that's because that's where our stakeholders are, right? You know, a lot of fishing happens in regions. So, um, so yeah, no, like I say, really talented bunch of people uh, uh, in terms of the, you know the delivery of science and the communication of the knowledge, um, and really keen to continue having conversations with wreck fishers uh, nationally because as we learn more. It's important that they have access to that knowledge. So, um, uh, yeah, no, uh, if, if there are any questions that your listeners have around the science of fishing um, and how research affects fishing, well, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from them and, um, and, you know, continue to have a conversation where we can share what's known. And, and maybe sometimes we, there'll be questions that we don't have answers to. And, of course, that helps us to prioritise um, uh, the research that we might do in the future. Well, we can bet Peter Johnson will... And Laurie Mack will come up with a couple of questions for you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, what are we? What are we need? What are we going to talk to Chris Cooling about? Well, um, so we, he'll probably have a chat to you about the uh, the National Recreational Fishing Survey. So, twenty years ago, we did a survey um, uh, of uh, how many people recreationally fish and, and where they are and how old they are and you know basically their demographics and uh, how often they fish. And we're just updating that. So 20 years later, it's taken a while. Um, we've just delivered probably the biggest piece of science on recreational fishing um, in two decades. And it, it, you know, he'll be chatting about um, uh, you know, how much economically recreational fishing is worth, um, what health and wellbeing benefits recreational fishers get when they go fishing versus people that don't fish. Um, so a really interesting piece of work, uh, a real cornerstone for us to then build upon and say, well, how do we make sure as many people in Australia get those benefits going into the future? What about the change of governments that we've just gone through? Is that going to affect us? Ah, gee, uh, good good question. Change of government always have, um, have implications, you know, uh, in terms of change of policy. The National Wreck Fishing Survey doesn't really go into that. Um, but, you know, clearly we've, we've got a, a government at the moment that is really strong on the need to take action, uh, uh, to, you know, to improve resilience to a changing climate. Um, that's really important to uh, understand and respond to the needs of Indigenous Australians. That's really important. Um, so uh, I think we will see a lot of uh, uh, really important uh, progress against those areas of policy and others. Yeah. OK. What else have we got to talk about? That you... <laughs> um, well... Uh... Yeah, no, I, I suppose, um, look, another big thing that's happening at the moment, uh, um, the Australian Recreational Fishing Foundation, which is uh, uh, obviously a national peak body for recreational fishing in Australia, have been working with FRDC, with us, to establish uh, a, um, a, a committee of recreational fishers that help to inform uh, what our priorities, what the R&D, what the research priorities are for recreational fishing going into the future. That's really important for us because, you know, there's, something like between three to five million recreational fishers around Australia and they're demographically really diverse. And so it's, it's hard to, you can't just walk up to a person on the street and say, what are the research needs for recreational fishing? Um, because there's so many and they have such diverse needs. So this committee process that helps us to put a finger on what are, the, what are the science needs that we have into the future is going to be really important. So we're really happy to be working with them, uh, really excited to see what sort of questions come out of that process 
fundamentally to be able to fund some really good science that addresses those questions. Matt, what do you think about some of these fish schools that we've gone through and the latest one out there, Menindi? What do I think about it? Um, well, look, I, I, I think that um, fish kills uh, are problematic, right? You know, there, there's, there's a lot of nat- natural causes for fish kills, um, and they have happened forever and they, and they will continue to occur. The way humans live in the landscape does increase the risk and the intensity of fish kills because, we, you know, we've, we've modified a lot of landscapes and converted it into food production. And that changes the way water flows onto the landscape and it changes the way we use water. So we need to understand how to live in harmony with the natural environment in a way that is better than what we are doing now because a changing climate will impact these things. And so you could expect fish kills in terms of intensity, severity to increase into the future unless we start to learn from uh, the, the lessons of the past, I guess. Yeah, well, we seem to be pulling an, an enormous amount of water out of dams and that for irrigation. Uh, well, we, look, there's absolutely no doubt that we use water for irrigation, but if we turned the tap off there, uh, our food supply would be compromised. You know, we're one yes. of the most arid landscapes in the world. So I think Australians are incredibly innovative about how we use water efficiently to produce food, um, but we have to be open-eyed to the, to the reality that the way we use a landscape has consequences. Yep, and so we're looking for win-wins here. How can we use water without herding fish stocks. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you might have already heard from Craig Boys, a scientist from New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. In North America, they've got screens that they've been using on irrigation pumps for over 100 years that stop fish getting sucked in. They also they save yeah. farmers money. And so we aren't using these. Um, there's, there's thousands of irrigation pumps around Australia that don't have a fish-friendly screen on into the future. Every one of them needs one of these. So there's these really exciting opportunities that science is revealing to us where we can do things that mean we can continue to use water and keep fish happy. Um, and so we just need to get on with the job. Okay, and I think we need more inspectors operating in that area to uh, make sure it does happen. And uh, well, we have all those protective systems put in place, you know. Listen, well, we're going to take an ad break. Yeah, Don't cool. we, Grant? Right. Good to chat with you all. Okay. Hang on a sec, back in a minute. If you're involved in the recovery phase following the recent devastating floods, be at the Floodplain Management Australia National Conference. Floodplain Management Australia is a not-for-profit association with a network of practitioners who seek to share their knowledge in reducing the impact of flooding. Be at Sydney's Lunar Park Conference Centre from May 23rd to 26th. You go to floodplainconference.com or you can phone 0266 if you're looking to start a business, buying a franchise is an excellent option. And with All Group Franchises, you'll have ongoing support. The home services industry is experiencing rapid growth as people are too busy to maintain their homes. All Group Franchises offers a range of home services franchise options, including lawns and gardens, and you'll be trained in every aspect. Visit allgrouppranchises.com.au or call 0429 691 413. That's 0429 691 413. 
Joy. Choices Flooring understands that we all have different needs for our homes. So, what's your lifestyle? Whether you're a busy family or need healthier solutions, love natural fibres and textures, or just want the ultimate in luxury, you'll find the right choice for your lifestyle at our What's Your Lifestyle sale. So go online and view all of our What's Your Lifestyle sale catalogues, packed full of savings, inspiration and chances to win. Choices Flooring, the floor you've been searching for. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveoilcollection.com.au or phone Ray on 040-66-71-359. Seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Unlike any other SUV in Australia, the unrivaled Kia Sorento is available in diesel, petrol, hybrid, and plug in hybrid technologies. The Kia Sorento, awarded and unmatched like no other seven seat SUV. To find out more, visit kia.com.au yeah. or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. For over 40 years, Kubota have worked the Australian landscape and faced its challenges. From first light to sunset, our agriculture and construction range works with power and versatility that you can rely on. From our mid-size to professional tractors, dependable mowers, zero tail swing or conventional excavators and more. Kubota is building and shaping the future. Visit kubota.com.au or head to your nearest dealer to learn more. 2SN. Australia's king of talkback radio, John Laws, 9am weekdays. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river. 23 after 6 here on High Tide. You're saying sounds rubbish? What's sounding rubbish? <laughs> That'd be me. If you get too many people on the phone together, Tom, it sounds yeah, rubbish. Just, they yeah. just beat back I'm, at it. I'm trying to tell him Melinda Pavey's up next. You we know Mer- well, yeah, she'll be after we finish here because I always get yes. too confusing on the phones. <laughs> that was, you know, we're waving the hands around alone. Uh, Kieran, we're, now, we're Kieran later, you've already been seven. in trouble with Tanya this morning. Don't get in trouble with any other ladies. <laughs> I've been very quiet since. Yeah, I know. Uh, you hate, look, he's the only guy I know that will eat carp, though. <laughs> Good luck to him. <laughs> oh, Back dear. we are. We got Matt there still. Yeah, and they're Chris. still there. Chris and Matt and Chris are there. Chris, what's yeah, your mate, position? What do you do? I'm the New South Wales Extension Officer, boys. So one of the um, particularly important roles that we've got is connecting uh, the wreck fishers, commercial industry, Indigenous, um, you know, community members, and everyone who's interested in fishing and aquaculture. We want to try and reconnect those guys with the processes that FRDC goes through, so that the research we do makes sense to everyone on the ground but also and i'm the part that i'm enjoying the most is actually finding out the information from the fishos and feeding that back into our processes so that when we go and do new research it's really relevant for people out in the community and i find a lot of the time those insights are really helpful in shaping how we think about what we do as a corporation and how we invest our money it's um for me it's a real highlight of the job so yeah, how, how do people give you input or where do you seek it from or is yeah. there a website or what, what do they do? How do they connect with you? 
Yeah, look, I think our website's probably your best option. We've got a couple of different email portals you can get onto there. But, I mean, if any of the listeners have got questions and they'd like to reach out through your social media as well, I'm more than happy to come back and have a chat. And, Ooh, you know, okay. I, I certainly don't have all the answers, but I'm happy to go and, you know, rattle the can and see what I can find for you. Well, the most important thing is that we put it in layman terms. I think I can do my best for that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. I actually realised when I was listening to um, an earlier episode of this show, boys, I've actually known Kieran for quite a while. I used oh, you to poor work thing. at Motackle. You used to work at Motackle, okay. I yeah. did, I did. I used to do a couple of fishing reports and I heard Kieran's dulcet tones on the radio and I went, geez, I know that bloke. How about that? <laughs> you do, do. That's it's just a nice small to. World after all. Actually, nice to see somebody who owns up, owns up to knowing him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting up this morning. Oh, God. You like that, Tanya? Oh, dear. And it's not me doing it either. Uh, upset the teachers, no. upset the, you know, push bike riders and the jet skiers. We'll fix you, mate. Don't worry. What about school teachers? Well, cool. Chris, me Chris and, and Matt, it's been great having you on. Uh, can we get you back at some stage? Happy to come back any time, boys. Always great to have you on. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. been very informative. And uh, look forward to catching up in the near future. Yeah, it'd be really good to have FRDC. them. FRDC. Yeah, have them in the studio having a... And maybe people could ring up and give their thoughts and ideas yeah. and, and throw questions around. Be nice, around. because a lot no, of people don't yeah. always... There is a lot of science behind it. It's not just ad hoc stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Chris. Oh, be, uh, it's science. It's science. science. <laughs> now, let's, let's go to a very scientific person who's enjoying a little bit of retirement... Melinda Pavey, good morning. Uh-oh. Hello? Melinda? No? Melinda? We lost Melinda. We'll get her back again. She probably hung up because we were being mean to Kieran. That's, That's true, right. True. Exactly right. Oh, oh. Now, listen, let me tell you. That's if, right. Let me tell you a little bit about fishing out west, out around Tamworth. Yes. The dams out there, Keeper, Chaffee and Split Rock, they're all 100%. And the uh, yellow belly have been biting. They're yeah. on the chew. Been uh, the black minnow's been working. You know, in the gulp, that's working the best. And grubs are working quite well. Uh, there's cod that's been caught, and the rivers, the Namoy and the Peel, they're a little bit flowy. They're uh, okay. but they're fishable. Okay, we've got Mel back online. I think, Grant. <laughs> we certainly do. Mel, good morning. Sorry about that, fellas. I don't know what happened. I was there. That's all right. I've got an idea for Chris, um, just as we start. He should get a transcript every weekend of this program. And then he'll understand what the fishers are up to and what they're talking about. Well, he can get the podcast now anyway, because they're all yeah. on the he, Facebook page. He had been listening to them by the sounds yes. of it, too. He and he's got say. a good memory. He can remember Kieran from his Mo Tackle <laughs> days. Yeah. That's very Could good. you forget Kieran, though, in fairness? Easy. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kieran. Kieran, you should. What they say in England, bloody Nora. <laughs> <sighs> He's lost his membership to the Teachers' Federation, too, Mel. Oh, well. I'm not allowed in the Teachers' Club anymore. No, you're in trouble with that. <laughs> so, what have you uh, been up to without any Parliament to do? Oh, well. Today, if if you fellas are around, or PJ, if you can, if you finish work, head up to Comboin. I'm going to be there from ten o'clock for barefoot bowls and a thank you event um, for me. Nice. So oh, Noel and uh, Fred, uh, who'll be milking the cows this morning, I'm sure they're going to be there. Uh, the Hurrell. So 
that'll be a, a butte day, but uh, anyone in the in the listening area, there's a lot of dairy farmers that listen up there on the plateau. Um, come across and we're having a barefoot bowls and a barbecue and a lovely time at the Combine Bowling Club today. Beautiful. But in retirement, yes. well, sort of retirement, guess what I'm doing on Thursday? Go on. Fishing. I'm hopping on a Bonza flight, the first Bonza flight from Coffs Harbour to the Sunshine Coast. Oh, you? Nice. Oh, well done. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, That's my so job. I should I be flying I... from, from there to the Sunshine Coast and back. Well, I went online um, and because the, the fellow that runs the Oh, company, if you're going to pay for it, I don't want to go. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's virtually, it's only about 50 bucks each way at the moment online or you can go to your travel agent and book. But um, I, I'm thinking I might even pack a, a fishing rod because Kieran was telling me there's, they used to have these big fishing holidays um, via Qantas in the old days. And, uh, True. That may be something that Bonda could look at because they're really they had apparently the flights were eighty percent full over Chris, over Easter, Good. Um, and a lot of people said, "Oh, it's not going to work this airline region to region." But if you can avoid Sydney, it seems like a lot of people still want to jump on a plane and go and visit somewhere. So well, there, now. there was Laurie McAnally earlier this morning talking about fishing tours and trips and whatever, and I just think it's a nap time for us to put one together. And saying that there's a market for it with, you know, with specialist help. Well, part of the problem we've got at the moment with the airlines, with the, with the two airline systems basically been, is they're a little bit too profit-orientated at the moment. That's being polite. Yes. you yes. agree with that, Mel? Well, absolutely. So Bonza's been a real sort of bit of a game-changer. Um, you know, being able to fly from Albury direct to the Sunshine Coast and Melbourne, they're going to have a lot of flights out of. Um, but anyway, I went on their first flight um, from Sunshine Coast up to Early Beach a couple of months ago, uh, and that was that was a great experience. I'd never been up to Early Beach and had a chat about that at the time. But uh, yeah, it's it's wonderful that a company's allowing Australians to visit Australia without having to spend all the time in a car. Now, question for you. Um, a lot of the people, when they think of cheap airlines, they think of Ryanair and things like that in the, in the UK, which has a little bit of a tag attached to it as being a little bit ordinary. Uh, Bonzer isn't in that category, is it? No. They're beautiful new planes, and their parent funding company, a big company out of um, Florida, they bought these big jets pretty cheap, and uh, they're pretty smick. And they're very sophisticated, and yeah, it's 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 worth the experience. So, so kind of, and we've got they've got flights going out of Port Macquarie, Tamworth, and um, they're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff growing throughout Australia. Okay, Good. I've um, got a question for you. Yeah, is the pointy end the same as the blunt end? <laughs> Single class, in other words. It yes, it is. It's just a different different row. Um, number no, it's it's a very utilitarian airline. It's um, but very comfortable, uh, very comfortable. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, look, it's it's worth looking at for the regional areas somewhere something different to get around it because, as you say, a lot of the times it takes you longer to get to an airport than what it does for the flight to get yeah, to somewhere. True, and yeah, also. And they- sorry, Mel. The the city prices of parking and things like that is normally dearer than what the flight is. Oh, that's a very good point. Uh, and I think with this this airline, they really encourage you to make your own bookings and you download the app. But the other thing for the older market, um, you know, that mightn't be so good at apps like my mum and dad, for example. And Kieran. You can go into, <laughs> you can go into a travel agent, a good old-fashioned travel agent, 
they've got agents everywhere um, that okay. are you know able to make the bookings. So yeah, it's worth, it's an option. Would know, they be right. tied up with Flight Centre as well? I'm not sure. That's a good question. It'll be more mum and dad um, travel agents. Okay. I think, at this point. Like tackle yeah. stores instead of BCF. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like Salamander mm. Bay. Yeah. Like Salamander Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ask, yeah. ask Al, he knows that backwards. <laughs> but I got another little secret. Last night, went over to a friend's place for dinner, and their mates had dropped off a few mud crabs, and we had the most beautiful um, mud crab dip poached in milk and chilies and baileys and it was scrumptious that was the start of the meal how nice was that baileys always tastes good with milk and ice <laughs> it does baileys and corned beef and all that sort of thing yeah um but uh, yeah but magnificent weather over easter wasn't it for everybody and all the holiday makers and Yesterday we did a big walk on the beach. My goodness, it is just glorious weather, and I'm going to make the most of it until that southerly comes through. Yep. Okay. And you haven't been fishing yourself lately? I did cook a fish from the jetty. My dad went down over Easter and and got a couple, and um, we had some straight from the water into the fry pan type fish, which was lovely. Okay. A couple of little little flatties. Al? Just, can you just answer your question? I just went on the flight centre and it doesn't look like they do Bonza. Okay. Because I no. tried to book Port Macquarie to Sunshine Coast and they only want to give me Qantas. Well, we'll talk about Bonza. Yeah. yeah. It'll be Bonza. Yeah. Just go on the web. They, look, the app's easy. I'll put it on my phone already. I've got to tell you. Yes. That Melinda spoke to me the other week back and she said, guess what? I'm going fishing. Yes, but I think the weather changed, and she never went fishing. That's good, no, smart it wasn't move. The weather. I still, I haven't been as quiet as I thought I'd be. I've had too many catch-up jobs, and I just haven't had time to go down and put a line. And we had a, you know, family and friends house full over Easter, and making sure everyone was fed and stuff. I just, I'm going to make the time. Trust me, I'm going to make it, and I'm going to photograph it, and you can put it on the website. <laughs> but I'm very pleased you've got Tanya on next week. That's that's good. That's clever of her. <laughs> yes, it'll be be good to see the new fisheries minister. See what she's like. What's going on? Yeah, she's she's a nice girl. She's okay. lovely, and she's smart, and um, and a, a good relationship from the beginning. Everyone learning from each other is a is a good way to to to, to get off on the right foot. But do you find now you, you're out of the game at the moment, but. Do you find politicians change and go into portfolios, but that's the heads change, but the body's still the same with all of the public servants in there. So does it make that much difference when you change a minister? It can, especially if the minister's getting some better or some good advice from other sources. It just challenges those the people in the body, the public servants, to be able to address some of those questions. And the more knowledge a minister has from different uh, aspects of the community, the better they're going to be. And you, you saw that, Alan, when you were on my maritime. That's right, really. yeah. We, you, know, you could challenge the thinking of the public servants on a quarterly basis, which was really good. It made them have to respond to what was actually happening in, in the real world. And the more you can do that... Um, the better it is for everybody, whether it's in the road space, the fishing space, the farming space, whatever. Um, as long as those that thinking is challenged and everyone's voice is being heard and respected and listened to, and yeah. sometimes we mightn't be right, 
and sometimes they mightn't be right. Yeah. But it's about getting to a place where at least all the conversations are having being had and a good decision can be made. Melinda, I wonder if you could give us an insight into how that portfolio would be considered uh, by a minister because at the end of the day you've got You've got, you know, recreational fishers, you've got commercial fishers, you've got, you know, the, the divers, everybody that's all these vested groups. Would this be like walking into a, you know, fireworks factory with a blowtorch? Well, the, the challenging conversations are with certain aspects of those that are safe within the environment agency. Yeah. And they have a very clear agenda. And as long as those agencies are having to look at the data and the science that might exist in the Department of Primary Industries, um, and as long as one isn't going, you know, following down a path that is not listening to the facts or the views of other members of the community, that's where you get decisions that are a little bit off kilter that Laurie McAnally will tell you about. Um, but as long as the conversations are being had, the data's in front of everybody, then you know, you can't complain if, if a decision is made that mightn't go the way you want. Yeah, but would you be like, if I said to you, okay, you know, say I was the boss and say, okay, I've got the portfolio for you, would you be going, yay, or oh, no? Oh, no, it'd be a wonderful portfolio to have um, primary industries. But it is big because, you know, we've, we've had this conversation on air before. Sometimes you think fisheries get forgotten because you've got all the other things that the minister yeah. needs to look after. Um, and, and, and Tara does have, you know, a big, Tanya has big responsibilities. Uh, and, you know, it's like when you've got police and emergency services all locked in together. Emergency services sometimes doesn't get the attention it needs. Uh, but, you know, she's going to be well advised. There'll be a lot of support around her. And it's just important that the conversations she starts having here um, are, are fair dinkum and genuine and respectful. And she understands that, that southern part of New South Wales pretty well. Um, she's from Queanbeyan, I think. Um, so she'd be a big supporter of the Jindabyne um, trout hatchery and all that part of the world. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I know Tanya. We've had a few meetings together when she was um, Shadow Minister of Crown Lands and I was Crown Lands Minister. Yeah. And she's always been very approachable and listened. So that's the best way you can start. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Look, it will be interesting at... Uh We'll see how we go with it. Mm. We'll have a chat. I know there's a lot of people curious to find out about it and what there is and what goes on. Can you get a coffee on Bonsa? <laughs> <laughs> if you, you pay for it. Biggie? If you pay for oh, it. Oh, we'll see that counts Kieran out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is a fair I point. I misplaced now. my wallet when I was born, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll... Um, I'll actually, so I'll be, if we speak next week, it'll be from the Sunshine Coast. Beautiful. That'll be nice. That'll it be will. Nice. You can have a fish up there. You're going to stay somewhere exciting up there? Yeah. Um, I'll let you know. We haven't, we haven't booked yet, but uh, this, is, um, this is an exciting thing. And, you know, for a lot of people from the Sunshine Coast, there's quite a lot of connections between Coffs and the Sunshine Coast within the tourism industry and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And to be able to just fly up for a weekend, uh, the flight out of Coffs is like about... It's late, it's about 7 o'clock in the evening, but um, at least you can go to work for the full day and then you've only got, you know, have one day off, Friday, off work, and then your weekend, it's um, one will weekend. They, will they fly out of Sydney? 
No, because I haven't got access at this point in time, but this is part of the attraction of the airline. You don't have to go well, by well, 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 That no, means I've got to drive to Coffs Harbour to no, get you it. No, you can go to Newcastle, places like that, but Sydney's a very expensive place to land and store aircraft. Oh, yeah. You need to put so, the prices so up. So it'll be Newcastle. I'll land at Newcastle? Yep. But there are slots available that could be used, but yeah. um, there's some real challenges with the duopoly. Um, and, well, there's Rex and Virgin and, and, and Qantas and all the international flights. But there is some, some headroom, and the um, owners and managers of Sydney Airport have been trying to get some more of those slots filled that aren't used. Not, probably Bonza would use those if they were available. But, yeah, oh, their whole goal is to keep their prices down. So, um, Alan, you're right. They're not really keen to be spending lots no. of money on overheads. They just want to keep those prices down. And also, you don't want to get the situation where what happened to Compass happens to Bonza, where you've got the duopoly trying to uh, price them out of the market yeah. and causing Ganging problems. Up. Yes. And, and this is the great thing about Bonza. It's not actually about taking on the duopoly in some respects. It's just creating new markets. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and servicing underserviced markets. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Good oh. point. Look forward to it. Okay. <clears throat> okay, fellas. Okay, thank you very yeah, much for your good. time this we'll morning. We'll talk to you from the beautiful Sunshine Coast next week. And you enjoy right. the barefoot bowls today and don't put the wrong bias on the bowl. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Remember what? you just got to look for the little circle. <laughs> I put that on the look inside off. of your palm. Okay, thank you, Kieran. Great advice. And. See you at Convoy, Norell and Fred. Make sure those cows are happy. <laughs> I might talk to you because I could be at Maroochydore by next that. Oh, oh yeah. Hi. Yeah, I she, could be. She just changed Hi. the holiday plans. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Melinda. Have a good See one. See you, Melinda. Blakey, I've got to tell you. I've got yes. to tell you. Right, you're talking about the, 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 do you know what the costs are nowadays to land at Sydney? And I'm asking a question I don't Look, know. Like, I've, I've been in there a couple of times in the aircraft. Yeah. Um, and it's about, about $200. No, oh, two hundred for just for a small like four seater. Yeah. Uh, it's about two hundred dollars. Back in the day, back in the day when I was doing my PPL, uh, yeah. it was it was twenty dollar landing fee. Yeah. Right, and of course every time Dick and Harry was trying to do touch yeah. and goes on one six yeah. at Sydney Airport, the night that they jacked up the prices, uh, that night it was coming into enforce at midnight, at a quarter to eleven. I flew into Sydney Air Airport in a four-seater. Yeah, right. <laughs> You'll love this. We we turned we turned base. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we turned final over Gladesville and yeah. off in the distance in no man's land yeah. with a little dot. Air traffic control said, uh, I think it was Sarah Katanga. Sarah Katanga, can you keep your speed up on final due to incoming yeah. aircraft cool? So we're coming in flat stick, no flat, nothing. Yeah. You know. And all of a sudden, everything got real bright. <laughs> so we've come over the threshold. I've pulled back on the – well, I wasn't flying. The, our CFI was flying. He's pulled back on the throttle. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And we started to, to uh, float, just waiting for the speed to wash off. And the tower said uh, – say it was Sarah Katenga. Sarah Katenga, take first available taxiway left. Sarah Katenga, do you mind if we land first? <laughs> it was just ridiculous. We could have taken off on a taxiway at That's that right. joint. Right? Right. It was very busy. And no wonder they wanted us gone, because yeah. everyone's sitting there going, we well, get these idiots out of the way. Yeah, I remember gonna... taking off at Brisbane Airport, similar thing. I've got out the sectional departure, and um, I've got out the center. Just looked around, turned my head once, and uh, – Yankee Lima Alpha expedite departure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming into land once at an airport and uh, 
well, the, the passenger said, mate, this, this runway, I, I don't know if it's long enough for this plane. And mate, I've landed here a dozen times before. I said to him, don't worry about it. Got this totally, totally under control. Relax. Right, so we continue our, our final. Get really close. He's, mate, really, go, go around. This, is, this, is, this runway is not long enough for this plane. Mate, I've done it before. So we come in, we land, chuck on the brakes, skid, pull up, millimetres from the end of the, the runway. And he said, oh... I can't believe it. I can't believe you stopped the plane. I said, yeah, what I can't work out is such a short runway, but it's so wide. (laughs) Loyalty isn't what it used to be. An analysis of variable rate mortgages reveals the full extent of what is known as the home loan mortgage loyalty tax. Essentially, a homeowner who sticks with a single bank for the life of a $500,000 home loan will end up paying an average of $20,000 more than someone who shops around or plays money lenders off against each other. Can you believe that? Brant's Voltitude on 2SM. With a few simple clicks on the Finance Easy website, you can borrow a serious amount of money without even leaving home. They make finance easy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying couldn't be easier. Just visit the Finance Easy website, provide a few details, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. Peters of Kensington's Bridal Registry Service has been the first choice for couples for nearly 40 years. Peters offers an Australian-wide registry service, not just for weddings, but for any occasion. With their legendary customer service, years of experience and huge range, finding that perfect gift for your big day couldn't be easier. Visit Peters of Kensington, 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, or organise your registry online at petersofkensington.com.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters of Kensington? With Angel Flight, hundreds of needy, seriously ill Australians don't have to spend painful days on the road. Angel Flight pilots fly them there, free of charge, turning miles into minutes. So please, support the work of Angel Flight or get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver and help bring blessed relief to people who so desperately need some. Well, with its unique numbered framing system, PAL kit homes can be easily bolted together and require no special building or carpentry expertise at all. Now, PAL guarantees that their kit homes can be easily built by the owner-builder simply by following their detailed and customised instructions and plans. For more information, you can go to PAL kit homes, that's P A L kithomes.com.au or if you want to telephone them 1-800-024-912 Hi, I'm Graeme Hughes. If you need help managing arthritis, do as I did and try Arborvitae Joint Health. After I finished my football career, old injuries meant my life was full of aches and pains. That was until I discovered Arborvitae Joint Health. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms do persist, consult your healthcare professional. Go to Arborvitae, that's A-R-B-O-R-V-I-T-A-E dot com dot A-U, or phone 1300-879-863. Everything you need to know now. Sydney's 2SM.
more of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go. Welcome back to the last segment of High Tide. It's 12 minutes away from 7. Up on the Gold Coast at the moment, they're heading for a beautiful top of 30 degrees today, Blakey. Well, that's what it's been up at Agnes Water in 1770. Shut what? up. G'day, Paul Bird. How are you? <laughs> hey, boys. How are we doing? Oh, we're, 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 look, we love having Blakey back in the studio, but I've got to be honest, all these beautiful photos of sunshine and, and beautiful beaches and everything's driving us nuts. Oh, look, it, it, don't worry about it, mate. It's okay. It's okay. It's all good. You know, the thing is... Um, oh, it's all good for yeah. you. You live up there that way. Oh, mate, this is... Absolutely. I think being on the show is the reason why, you know, so many Southerners come up here. It's ridiculous. And with Blakey, you know, endorsing it as well and, um, you know, doing the, um, you know, bringing the, uh, the legal run of whatever we can up here, um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, well hey, Paul, yeah. now they've even got Melinda Pavey on side. She's flying up there to the Sunshine Coast this week. Oh, God. That's good. <laughs> well, look out. Hey, now, Paul, you the, might have to take a fishing. Are the prawns running at the moment? They are, Blakey. They certainly are. Jesus, it's it's been awesome, mate. It's been so good. So many people are out there, you know, casting for prawns. It's been incredible. I can't just, I honestly can't believe how many are out there. So many teachers are out there. You know, they've all got time off at the moment. And they're really, like, there's so many people. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's, it's, uh, it's different up there to what we've got down here because you'll use a cast net out of a boat to catch prawns where it's illegal for us to even have a cast net in possession. Oh, mate, it's ridiculous, you know. I've got a... It's a tough one. It's a tough one because we use cast nets up here for the reason that, you know, we're, we're not... We're not exploiting it... <laughs> We're not exploring. It's a, it's a hard one. I've got to sit on the fence on this one and be careful of what I say. Yes. Is we're not up here casting for fish to put through a mincer. Mm-hmm. Read, read, read between the lines, everyone who's listening. Is that we're not doing that. We're not going out here to cast a school of fish and put them in your bucket and chuck them in a the mincer and take it home. No. We're casting for herring for bait. We're casting for, for potty mullet for bait. You know, that's what we do. Um, you know, and I think if it, was, if it was exploited in the opposite realm of that, is what I was just saying a minute ago, is that then maybe it probably would become illegal. Um, but we can catch banana prawns up here. Now, yeah. banana prawns are in their millions. There's bazillions of these things. They live in the rivers and the creeks, and during the, the uh, warmer slash come cooler months of the year, so February, March, you know, April and May, is that they move. And when they hit the open water, they die. Sometimes they'll go back up the river, the bigger ones, the litter prawns, and they'll, they'll spawn. But there's so many about. And the trawlers are doing it. You go to Woolworths and Coles, they supply all the, the big retailers. And you can buy them for $20 a kilo because you, know, you flood the market. And you have to do that because there's so many of these things. You have to yeah. get rid of them. The commercial fleet do. So for the, rec- the recreational guys, they can go out there. There's a limit on them, which is uh, uh, one bucket per person. Okay, and if there's two people on boat, you can have two buckets. If there's three people on your boat, it's still two buckets. That's fair enough. Mm. And ten litre bucket full is a lot. Oh yeah, but it's enough to like you know it equates to probably around I don't know six or seven kilos of corns or something. Maybe not even that much. But uh, qu- quest- uh, and depending on the size, so some of them at the moment have been sort of like U8s, which is uh, you know a, a massive prawn. Big probably prawns. call it around to probably nine inch long prawn. Yeah. Um, they're really big. There's some really big banana prawns, and they're beautiful. There's so many, and it's great to see so many people out there 
enjoying themselves, mums, dads, kids, all having a crack. And not everyone gets their bucket full of the bag limits because you know, a lot of people just try and they, they'll get one or two a cast and that, that's all they want. Now, Paul, mm. when you get prawns in a row, do you eat the row and what colour is the row in a prawn? I've never never caught one rowed up. Haven't you? you? Okay. Yeah, never, I've never caught a rowed up prawn in my life. Okay. Um, never. I've never caught a prawn with white spots. So... Um, yeah, mate, I, I, I honestly can't tell you whether it be green or orange, I'd imagine. I think there's, Paul, there's I've got a colours. question for you. Blakey, could, do we know what a prawn looks like that's rowed up? Yeah, you can normally see it. It's inside at the bottom of it, Tommy. Some are orange, some are green, depending on where they're from. Mm. You buy them sometimes, they've got rowed on them. Mm. Is it mm-hmm. on the inside of them? Yeah, it's on the inside of them. And, yeah. and at the back of the and, prawn, Yeah, underneath at the, the legs, yeah. Underneath the tail? Yeah, inside, yeah. Okay. Like in the where the where the where the where the poop chute is that you normally clean out in that area? Yeah, they, underneath the bottom of a chair, under the under oh. the head of them, yeah. Okay. Well I, I guess so. Maybe some of the we caught up. You can eat them raw or cook them. So it's a oh, okay. uh-huh. yeah, no, Does no, that no, change not, the not, taste not. of the prawn? No, well rose nice to eat. Yeah. Roe can be roe can be good. Yeah. yeah. Mullet rose even nice. That's like mullet rose. So you'll have to give a variance in when you do the uh, international boat show with your cooking segment. Get some prawn rose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or I'll get a prawn and show the people what rose looks like, and uh, and then how you should cook that to g- exploit the the There's taste. S- of some it. people when they see it, it's green underneath, and mm. they go, Ugh, "I don't want that," but it's it's the rose, mm. and it goes an orange colour when it's cooked. Okay. Well, that's 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 fascinating. I find that fascinating. I'll um I'll check it out, mate. But maybe we could do something like that. Paul, I'm happy to give you useless information anytime you need it. (laughs) 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 Little like Grant's joke before, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You think he was joking, don't you? (laughs) Took me a long time. I was just waiting for Paddy to come on to the, that was like, name's Irish bloke. Yeah, was, I, I was trying to make it as politically yeah. correct on the fly as yeah. I possibly could. It was a stole competition, <laughs> short takeoff and landing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yep, 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 yep. Hey, um, okay, so, uh, prawning, it's been great. And Blake, good to hear your voice, mate. You've been up at 1770? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's been beautiful weather. Spe- spectacular. Weather. The only thing was we got uh, young Bentley a, a surf lesson. He liked it, so he went and bought him a nice surfboard. And then the surf was 15 centimetres for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there for next time he That's comes up. Surfing. And, and That's they're, surfing. And they're already uh, making plans to come up the next holidays. Uh, what do you do with and... crocodiles up there? No, I haven't seen them. No, I don't surf those. Haven't seen You're not them. supposed to see a crocodile. That's why they've been in the evolution of the food chain for the last bazillion years. Because yeah, you don't know. see them. Oh, there was reports of one just north of Gladstone somewhere, but it's still a long way north of 1770. And water temperature started dropping. I can't believe that bloke who was spearfishing up off Cooktown got bitten. I yeah. can't believe that bloke that was spearfishing off Cooktown. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you be spearfishing off Cooktown? Yeah, it's just not not uh, not what you want to do. Hey, listen, I hear there's I, I don't know if there's been a result yet, but there was uh, a resolution. There was three people um, on a boat off Mackay out around Creole Reef during the week that um, sunk and they let off an EPIRB. And two of them were rescued already, and I think they're still looking for the third person. But they're 150k off Mackay. Yeah, long way. Long way. So long make way. Sh- make sure your safety gear's right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the trawler went down off the Gold Coast two nights ago, not last night, the night before. So mm. it's on, uh, on Friday night, a trawler went down, and they um, went down in about 40 fathoms of water. And reports have it that they, everyone cut off the boat safe. But I saw a, uh, a picture, uh, a video of a boat near them that had the sharks up behind the boat. The <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the thought of going down on a trawler, for one, is 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 just yeah. scary as all things to put shutters up your spine. Yeah, Paul, yeah. step outside. Oh, it's on, yes. We're coming today, all the way through to you guys. Uh, it's a good day today, so we're actually um, going today. We're doing a few things such as... I'm just reading up on here. Okay. Quickly. Oh. Yeah, okay, just watch it today. Get on your birdie. Have a good one. That is the High Tide program for today. If you're heading out, don't forget there is a change coming through. Blakey, great to see you again. Nice to be back. And Kieran. Don't forget a boat show every day Blake's out running. there. And please keep your eye on the sky. Safe boating, everyone. This boyhood story had to end.